Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick. And I'm Tony. And we're in the midst of John Frame's uh, Apologetics, a Justification of Christian Belief. And uh, what uh, what we're in now is uh, the problem of evil. Don't worry, uh, you're you're not going back a full year to the book that we did with uh, Scott Christensen. This is John Frame's uh, take on the theodicy. And uh, we just kind of finished a, a three-part uh, version of all the all the ones that he doesn't want to subscribe to. Uh, right. the, the the things that uh, I think you would agree, uh, probably like Christensen did, that uh, the different theodicies have different elements to add to the discussion, but uh, it doesn't explain the complete picture. And so he's kind of uh, split two chapters up to, to deal with it. And now we're going to be in chapter eight, uh, a biblical response, uh, maybe a Framian response. I don't know if it's the biblical response, but uh, that's what uh, that's what we're here to discuss and, and, and take off on. biblical response. Yeah, maybe yeah. Well, what, what Frame <laughs> believes is the biblical response. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting here that both he and uh, Christensen kind of reject the whole, uh, you know, free will type of defense. Yeah, and obviously they're coming from a presuppositional perspective, and so they lock on to a theodicy, which is kind of an explanation of you know why God allows evil. And so both Christensen and Frame here are, uh, take that kind of approach with regard to the issue and the problem. Yeah, it's definitely a reform perspective. Um, it it it, uh, it it rejects the libertarian free will, libertarian in the sense of theology not in pol politics um and uh and so uh, i i thought this would be interesting again uh we're, we're we're only hitting the highlights or or what we think are is important um uh, pick up the book uh the links are in the description if you want to support us through that uh, there's all different ones uh, uh um through amazon or logos or um uh, you know uh, t pick it up from your library if if, uh, if your library is cool enough to have john frame in its library um, but uh, but so so we encourage uh, you to to realize that we're we're not uh, we're not discussing all of it, but we're kind of hitting the highlights uh, that uh, that we want to cover here. All right, so uh, uh, part eight, apologetics as defense, the problem of evil. Part two, a biblical response is where we're at. He said that in the previous chapter, we examined several solutions that various philosophers and theologians have put towards to solve the problem of evil, and we found them to be unbiblical or at least inadequate. Right. doesn't offer a full explanation of both uh, uh, moral evil and natural evil, but in, in these two chapters, he has wanted really to focus on the moral evil aspect. It's the one I think uh, many people uh, go to when they think uh, the, the problem of evil is the, the, the moral capacity of man to, to be bad to man. Uh, the, the, the hurricanes and the tornadoes can come in later, uh, but we, we want to talk about war and serial killers and uh, all those uh, other nasty things that uh, um, we think of when we think of morality. Yeah, and, and I think he does a good job with the, the hurricanes and tornadoes and all that, the natural portion of evil, because he says basically that that's a result of the moral evil. Right? God has cursed now the earth. And therefore, all of these things have come in. And so that's that's his explanation for these various natural phenomena and all the, you know, the consequences of the curse uh, with regard to natural evil. And so that to me, I think he kind of deals with that. And so now he's left with, OK, now how do we you know, what about the, the other side of it? Right. The, the right. moral evil. Right. And right. so that's that's what he's trying to focus on here. And I think what we'll see as we get into this chapter, that this is more aimed toward believers than the unbelief, 
right? I think right. he's he's trying to help give us um, comfort and confidence and faith that uh, God knows exactly what He's doing. And so, so the focus here, I think, is on on uh, is on believers and not necessarily the the unbelievers' issue with how God is doing things. Right, which uh, you know for. Uh, it definitely needs to happen, but he also did title this apologetics as defense, and it's a defense that uh, he's giving believers, or he's saying like this is the part of apologetics where uh, you know you 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 pick up your sword and you're you're ready to do battle on the battlefield of argumentation um, with unbelievers, and so um, th- there's there's got to be a little bit of oomph on on the thrust. Uh, for uh, unbelievers as well, but uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah so we'll and, see. We'll see how he, we'll how see. he does. Right, right. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've I've always admitted that many a times. There are times where I I read a chapter. And I'm like, this is the worst chapter ever. I have a discussion with you, and I'm like, this is the most amazing chapter. To, to do it any other way, to do it any other way is wrong and sinful. And it's oh, like, okay, so. <laughs> well, okay, but in this chapter, we will see what the Bible says uh, uh, about the problem of evil. And he says that he proposes that scripture presents us with uh, this kind of uh, triangle perspective, this three ways of faithfully looking at evil. And uh, if, if you know frame of any other capacity, three is always going to be his magic number. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'll, uh, Patrick, the editor, uh, put, put up a, a image of this, but it's a triangle and it says a, a normative defense. God sets the standard. Then the existential defense uh, he gives us a new heart. And a situational defense is that there is a greater good. And so he's going to say, let's look into detail these tripartite uh, perspectives on, on his uh, evaluation of the theodicy. All right, good. All right. So this first major section then, and then he spends uh, most of his time, by the way, in this particular area, uh, he wants us to understand that God is the standard for his own actions. God is the standard, right? And so uh, right away, he snatches away from us um, man as being, you know, able to question what's going on, at least uh, legitimately question, because God is the standard. So he says, Scripture never assumes that God owes us an explanation for what he does. Uh, in a number of biblical passages, the problem of evil ari- arises for the reader, but the text itself never comments on them, right? For example, he says, we often wish that God had you know, told us much more in Genesis 3, the story <laughs> of the entrance of evil into the world. Where'd the serpent, Satan, come from? You know, if he was originally good along with the rest of the creation or or not, right? And how did he become evil if he became evil, right? None of those questions are answered is is what uh, our frame is telling us here. And so, you know, the text itself, he says here, never really comments on these things of God. Again, God is going to be the standard for his particular actions. Right. If he did give us more on on Genesis, we'd probably have even more Christian fiction about the Nephilim and and everything <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> and probably more questions too. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just, just uh, you know, that's the Columbo method for Christians. But God, just just one more <laughs> chapter, please. Well, all these questions naturally arise in the context, but the passage does not answer them always. Indeed, when Adam, in effect, raises the problem of evil by blaming God for giving him the wife, the this is the woman that you have given me. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look to yourself, God. You're the one here. Uh, and, and he does this in, in Genesis 3.12. God offers no rationale for what he has done. Rather, he points out Adam's own wickedness, imposes a curse on him, and then leaves the scene. 
kicks him yeah. out of the for or out of the the garden uh puts a puts a sword and angels there and then um uh, about three chapters later uh floods the whole world so that eden is no more yeah exactly so again you know god doesn't give him at least the answers that he he uh question god about god tells him what god wants him to know and what god wants him to do and frank tells us the same pattern is present in genesis 22 where god tells abraham to sacrifice his own beloved son at the child of promise the reader naturally wants to know how such a command is compatible with god's goodness right how can he how can he say this right but god never explains Unlike Adam, Abraham obviously never raises the issue. And so God commands his quiet, unflinching obedience, that is Abraham's obedience. Uh, his faith is commended by God and, um, and his faith that God will provide a lamb. And so we see this common, uh, you know, his commending of his faith in uh, various passages in Genesis 22, Romans uh, chapter 4. Hebrews 11, he's part of the, you know, the, these huge uh, faith, the faith chapter there where mm -hmm. Abraham's faith is is commended uh, because he just trusts God. Right, right. Uh, you know, we, we don't see Joseph at the end of uh, Genesis 50 saying, you know, uh, boy, if, if only there was a shorter shortcut to get to uh, uh, saving my family and, and, and feeding all these people, then uh, all, all those years slaving away in a jail cell or Potiphar's uh, house, uh, you know, he, he but he's, he recognizes, hey, what, what what you meant for evil, God intended for good. And this is just the way it played out. It, it seems that uh, I don't know if it's necessarily gives God a pass, but he, um, Joseph doesn't uh, kind of deal with it. And when we looked at Job uh, many, many times, uh, we we don't see um, him asking for for more explanation. He uh, almost repents from his uh, assertions, what little there was. I mean, here uh, Job is, is talking about, you know, that, that look, look I, you know, but point, point out my sin. I, I have no sin. There's, there's three friends come and say, no, Job, you must have sinned at some point in time in your, in your existence. There must be such a degree that God has, has brought this on you. And he's like, no, I'm innocent. And then <laughs> when he has this, uh, 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 you know, dialogue with God, uh, you know, he, he falls down and says, you know, what was me? I can't, I can't even stand up. Who am I to answer to, to God? And so we, we see this throughout scripture of, of this, well, you know, I'm not facing the holy and mighty God here in, in front of my face. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not able to, to do this, but I can question it with, uh, with other people of saying, well, I wonder why. And so that's, that's, uh, that's where we're at as far as uh, what scripture gives us. Yeah, and Frame is going to deal with Job here in, ju in just a bit, and uh, and he does mention the same thing as you, as you as you have uh, suggested here. Yeah. You know, initially Job is full of questions, and then of course at the, by the end Job is uh, repenting because he realizes his particular state. Mm -hmm. So uh, by his failure to defend himself, God is claiming his sovereign right to be trusted and believed. Whatever suspicious actions uh, it might prove uh, provoke in human minds, he reserves the right to behave in a way that might offend human values that might even appear from a human viewpoint to contradict his own values. And when that happens, he is not under man's judgment. He is not obligated to explain. So, you know, we, we do this all the time. Well, you know, um, uh, you know, God, God takes out all of humanity. He 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 wipes them out with with a flood. 
God is able to judge people. You know, the, the, the cry of, oh, what about the genocide of the Canaanites? But then the Canaanites are, are, are uh, sacrificing their, their, their children to demonic uh, demons. So, you know, which one do you want? Do you want a, a God that stands by or do you want a God that uh, uh, exacts uh, just judgment? And so God is able to carry out judgment in the way that uh, he decrees. And sometimes he uses uh, his own power through the flood. Sometimes he uses his own people through uh, the the uh, Hebrewite uh, uh, pre-Israelite, or I guess at that time it is technically uh, Israelites, but pre-occupation uh, 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 Israelites coming in and and doing what God has commanded. And so the same way, you know, God could have struck down uh, uh, Abraham's child, but at, at the same time he uh, tells Abraham as to, to be used, use him as an intermediary to carry out that effect. Obviously, he saves Abraham's hand, but uh, but God is uh, under no obligation to say, "Here's the explanation for why I I did this uh, to you." Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and again, he's what the point he's trying to make is that God is the standard for His own action, right? and as you mentioned, He's not under obligation to explain. And so, as we uh, alluded to just a minute ago, you know, this is one of the main themes of the book of Job. Job believes that he is suffering unjustly, right? And he demands an interview with God. That's in uh, chapter 23 and chapter 31. He imagines that, you know, he'll ask questions of God and that God uh, answers and will turn uh, to his vindication. And then we'll see that Job is righteous and he'll say, see there, I told you so. That's what he expects, right? right. Well, <laughs> God does not grant the interview at least not on Job's terms, right? God, he puts, uh, God grants the interview, but he grants it on God's own terms. And so God ends up asking the questions, not Job. And so there's a turn here of, of what's going on. It's not what we would expect. Uh, God says, hey, wait a minute. And then he begins to answer, to, uh, ask the questions himself of Job. Right, right. Right. Uh, Job is the original Karen, doesn't realize that the the, 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 the the manager is actually his own boss. So yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you a few questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point is, is that if Job is so ignorant concerning God's works in the natural world, how can he expect to understand the workings of God's mind in uh, distributing good and evil? In this stylized debate, Job confesses utter defeat. He falls down. He repents. Uh, the, the, the charges are reversed. Job, like Adam, intended to bring charges against God. Look at what you did. I need an explanation for this. Or uh, look at what uh, you did through me, and, and you're ultimately the one to blame. Yeah. But the result, again, as in Adam's case, is that the complainer is convicted of sin. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, that's a very important uh, uh, point there of that, that shared common value of this is two men who are in the midst of, of being sinners now, not actively, you know, strangling somebody, but by th their own very nature are, um, are not to God's standard. Yeah, exactly. And of course, if we think about it, this is what we would expect. After all, he is God, right? <laughs> and so he's the creator. He's made everything. He's designed everything. And so, you know, how, who are we, basically? And, of course, we'll see this as we go, especially with regard to uh, when Paul gets us to uh, Romans chapter 9. Mm -hmm. 
But um, Frame here cautions us. He says we need as well to be cautious in probing the problem of evil. He says, I don't believe it is sinful merely to pose questions, but when our questions take on the quality of accusations, when they express an actual doubt of God's goodness, when we put ourselves in the proud position of demanding an answer, then we can expect a rebuke from God like the rebukes that he's given to, that we see uh, to Job and to Adam. Right? So we need to be careful is what Frank uh, tells us here. Right. And, and I, I can I can relate to this as well. Uh, not that I put myself in place of God, but in a position of authority that I, I hold. Uh, one of the things that we ask during interviews uh, is, you know, are, are you able to carry out an order that um, may violate uh, a policy? And so uh, the expectation is, listen, you might not have all the details necessary and the, the policies are there for the normal everyday things. But there are th- certain things that I might know that might require the the violation of the policy in order for the greater good to to be carried out for 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 the uh, exact thing that we need to do that we we don't sit there and and have to say okay let's convene a council of the wise elders to to come together to sign off on new policies that that make this well in in the case of uh every tuesday if if this is asked then uh, this is not required or 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 anything like that but the the understanding is no i've i've been imbued with certain authority uh based on my position to uh to require you to do things that you may not uh, have all the 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 details for but that is still the the best benefit for us in carrying out what is required of us and so um that seems to be a little bit on on the similar line with with what frame is presenting here So he then goes on to say, uh, let us note the same pattern of a few more passages. In Ezekiel 18.25, there is a brief exchange. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your way that are not just? And again, a complaint against God's justice is reversed. For details, uh, look at the context. Another interesting passage also is the connection uh in in is uh matthew 21 through 16 jesus parable of the worker in the vineyard some work for only for an hour others all day but they all receive the same pay some complain about the unfairness the problem of evil and i i definitely remember reading this passage as well (laughs) and and pausing before jesus comes into the story we talk about this with with our own kids well that's not fair that's not fair these people worked long and so it's like okay Guess what? <laughs> that, yeah. that, that, those are the those are the next lines. Those are the next lines, and we'll see exactly. what, what Jesus says. And and notice, Frame points out, I think rightly so, that this is really a uh, a uh, the problem of evil, right? It's kind of a veiled problem of evil, but sure. you have done wrong. That's you, right? That's that's the problem of evil uh, in a veiled way here, right? Right. It's God, not fair. God, we, we, we've been your chosen people all these years. Look, look at us. It's like, yes, you've been the chosen people all these years. And look at you. <laughs> you were supposed to be the shining beacon. And, and look, now, now, now dad has had to come down and, and pull the car over. And now we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, the, the master, that is God, replies, friend, I am doing you no wrong. You do not agree with me for a denarius. That, that was the, the agreement. Take what belongs to you and go. I, cho- I choose to give the last workers I give to you 
am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Right? Isn't God able to, to say, okay, thief on the cross, guess what? You don't have to be baptized in order for me to bring you to paradise. But for the normal everyday occurrences of salvation, guess what? F find, find that person, uh, find that popped up apostle on the side of the road, find that water and, and go get dipped. Hurry. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what prevents you? But, right. uh, but, but God yeah. is able to, 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 to make these uh, uh, decisions based on his sovereign authority of, of who he is and his position. And again, it's not in, in contradiction to his character or his decree, which is an outpouring from his character, but this is something that is uh, able to be done uh, within the confines of his sovereignty. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, exactly. With the teeth on the cross, he, he does nothing, right, uh, other than trust Christ. And, uh, and so Christ says, you'll be with me today in paradise. Now, clearly for us, we don't have to be baptized and we don't, all we need to do is trust Christ. And I think that's the point there, right? It's the trusting of Christ and acknowledging who he is, what he's accomplished on our behalf that brings salvation. And uh, you might say, well, wait a minute, he didn't live a good life all of these years and I have, and God says, so what? He's trusted me. <laughs> that's the, that's what I've asked, right? And he's repented, right. he's trusted me, and that's all I've asked. And, and it's the same thing here with these folks who've been working in the field, right? We've been working all day. He just started. Look, God, and this is the point, right? He's the standard. God can do what he wants with his stuff, right? You know, I can't say Elon Musk is a billionaire, and so he should give me a million dollars. <laughs> well, no, that's Elon Musk's money, right? What he does with it is, is based on what Elon Musk wants to do with it, not what I want and what I think is good, right? And it's the same way with God, right? And that's the point I think that Prem uh, is trying to get us to see here. He says, right. note here that some of the same themes that we observed earlier are in play here. For instance, the charges are reversed, right? They blame the, the, uh, the master and saying, hey, look, you're not fair, but the master reverses the charges. I, look, I am fair. You're not being fair with me because... I can do what I want with my own money, right? Or my own denarii in this instance. Mm -hmm. The complainer then is accused of, of envy, right? You're envying that person. You need to, we already made an agreement and we're going to stick with it. So first, you know, uh, the charges are reversed. Secondly, the sovereign of God is underscored. Am I not allowed, says the master, right? Am I not allowed? I'm in charge here. I do what I want with my stuff. So in contrast, any weakness of God, you know, theology, where God is too weak to take care of evil and that sort of thing, that's exactly the opposite is what we see here. Thirdly, the reason for the uneven distribution is not even given. Right? The master senses no obligation to provide why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, to these uh, to these three, right? The the charges are reversed. Uh, the sovereignty of God is underscored. Uh, there is no reason for given. Fourthly, the reliability of the master's word is kept intact. The master says, "Did you not agree? <clears throat> we had an agreement, and I'm following through with my agreement." Mm -hmm. And so, what he says he's going to do. He's doing. That's the reliability of the master's word. Frame also says that notice that 
Uh, five, a true interpretation of the facts actually vindicates the master's character. As the master sees it, and uh, of course he's right, right? The, the disparity in pay shows not unfairness to those who worked all day, but generosity to those who worked only an hour. Right. And so Frank tells us that a proper perspective here, a proper presupposition can make a great difference in how we evaluate. Right. The, the, the charge is always, uh, too, against God. Well, you know, you, you could you could have Charles Manson, uh, who, <laughs> who is, you know, this this terrible, uh, awful person. Or uh, how about the son of Sam killer who who uh, proclaims uh, repentance in, in, in Jesus Christ? Uh, a, a, a massive serial killer, uh, stru- uh, you know, hurt many people, struck uh, uh, fear in the hearts of New York City for a, a full summer. And and now he just gets to repent and. And he's good, but turn it the other way. Say that God requires you to to unless you're uh, under thirty, that's when salvation can come upon you. <laughs> so then the thief on the cross. Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, we 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 wish we could uh, help you out, but unfortunately, you passed your expiration date. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, son of Sam Killer, uh, you, you you've you've uh, killed way too many people, and now God is just unable to save you. So again. It's not removing the charge if if it was that happened the other way. Oh, if only was God was fair in this way. A, a similar charge could just as easily happen against God. And so it's not it's not one to say. Well, th- then the opposite is true. No, let's take scripture for for what it is and and talk about who God is as his character. But then also uh, we have his his uh, special revelation here, his declarative will of saying. Here are things that we can know about God uh, based on who he is because he tells us. And this explanation even of, of, listen, can I be generous, is even more than what we should come to expect as well. The, the master doesn't have to give an explanation to the servants at all. And so we, we shouldn't have to expect that same thing from God uh, uh, based on, well, we just want to. Well, sure, you just want to. But God offers n- nothing to us. It's the it's the Dawkins. Well, you know, it's like us communicating with ants. Well, guess what? If we created the ants, and 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 uh, don't you think we'd find a way to communicate with them? Sure. Are we obligated to communicate with them at any point in time? Listen, why did you only give me two drops of water instead of four? Uh, listen, I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> I'm 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 going home for the day. And so, uh, just having this explanation in and of itself is more gracious than what we. Uh, should even expect from uh, s- someone so uh, above us uh, in in character and and position of authority. This is the creator of the universe we're talking about. Right, and so again, what uh, Frame is trying to get us to see is this is the way the Bible deals with this particular issue. Notice these are not philosophical arguments, right? Right, right for the problem of evil. This is what how the Bible does um, with this particular issue. And the Bible reverses the charges against the complainant. The Bible shows the sovereignty of God. The Bible uh, says that the master has no sense of obligation to provide an explanation. And the Bible says that God's word is reliable and we can trust it because he does what he's going to say, right? And so actually, he says, the Bible uh, says that the master's character is vindicated when you see it from that particular perspective. And so this is how the Bible, is what Frame tells us, is dealing with the problem of evil. 
Now, what we want is a good philosophical explanation. <laughs> right. Right? This must be the case in order for A yeah, to equal Yeah, exactly. And that is not the way right. the Bible deals with this. Right. right. This is not the way it's dealt with from God's perspective, we might say. And and from a presuppositional approach, uh, again, uh, let's harken back to, to the good old, well, by what standard? Okay, you, you don't like God's standard of, of to do whatever he wills in conjunction with his declarative will and based on his character. What do you propose? Well, I propose that we should do based on human flourishing. Okay, Who, who's human flourishing? Why? What about the people left left out? And so now uh the 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 same charges that you've levied against god could be based on your system well who cares about human flourishing i don't care about human flourishing i care about my flourishing or right. uh you know so based on, come, on, on the most amount of people yeah, yeah. exactly how, <laughs> about, how about kangaroo flourishing <laughs> why is human flourishing anything yeah. if there is no god and we're not creating this image right what about bacteria they would yeah. probably last a whole lot longer than we would right how right. about bacteria flourishing why are we focused on human that seems, you know, selfish. That seems speciistic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that doesn't answer either, right? Right. right. Yeah, and you know, we're we're uh, we're back to the trolley problem. Well, you know, <laughs> sure, we could save those four people, but we're also killing one person. So your your system allows for the murder of a one person. What, yeah, how dare you? Who are you? It's like, well, we did the best that we could. We're not, oh, hold on. We, we don't want to admit that. And so it's just by what authority, who's, who's in the position, who has the best to lay claim to that? Now, obviously we want to because uh, we're rebellious. We're, we're rebellious people who are sinners that are placing the creation in, in, in place of the creator. And we hate the creator. And so that's what the change of heart, that's what the, the revelation of God directly to us uh, uh, requires, and then changes our hearts to that. And those are the, 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 the true people that, that Jesus is speaking to um, uh, in, the, in the Gospels right there. All right. Well, finally, let's look at Paul's letter to the Romans. <laughs> all right. We get maybe, to Romans. <laughs> maybe, maybe all things come back to Romans 9. I'm not sure, but uh, that, that, that's, that's what the video that we made a couple weeks ago said. So let's see. Well, here in Romans, which also has a great concern for the theodicy. Indeed, Romans is the New Testament, what Job is to the Old Testament, the book most systematically focused on the problem of evil. It lays it out uh, throughout the course. Yeah, now, now, most people would not say that. Right? They would say that it's just the opposite. Romans is focusing on the justification or the reconciliation of man with God, right? Mm -hmm. Of justification of man, right? Of giving us righteousness. Right. But Frame says, no, 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 that's not quite the case, right? Right. I can say multiple things. Guess what? <laughs> of course, we usually think of Romans as this uh, description of God justifying sinful people together with the implication of that justification. Again, very true. But 326 indicates that Paul is concerned here not only with the justification of man, but also with the justification of God. Specifically, how can God justify sinners without himself being subject to charges of injustice? In fact, uh, Paul uses this rhetoric of saying, well, but some people might say, or this person would say this, what, you know, what's the, what's the explanation for that? And starting in three, and guess what? Maybe getting into nine as well. Uh, we uh, we we see um, Paul laying out uh, where where all men are, are liars and 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 God is is not, and so um, the, the 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 trust should be uh, in in who God is. Yeah, exactly. And so Frame tells us thus: Romans 
often takes the form of a dialogue between Paul and an imaginary or perhaps a real objector who uh, raised the problem of evil in various ways. For example, in 3.3, someone asks whether the unbelief of some Jews nullifies the faithfulness of God. Is God unjust to promise blessing to Israel and then uh, withhold it uh, from, uh, you know, some of the faith of faith that is necessary to receive the blessing, right? So you have this, this serious problem that uh, Frame points out as the as a as a kind of problem of evil, really is what's going on here, right? But notice, it, it, Frame tells us it's applied to one aspect of God's plan. All interesting. Lee, like the previous writers that we've been concerned with, especially in the uh, in the Old Testament, does not sense any obligation to answer, uh, you know, the question with regard to God's plan. Whether he rebukes the question as God rebuked Adam and Job and the, uh, Israel of Ezekiel's time, and as the landowner in Jesus' parable rebuked his complaining workers, by no means, Paul says, let God be true, though every one were a liar. So mm -hmm. note here again the familiar things. The complainers have charges directed at them, right? It says, what are you doing, God? How come you have not given Israel the blessing that you said that you would give them? In fact, you are uh, setting, setting them aside. And Paul says, look, uh, he says, that, does that mean that God is the question? Right? Does that mean that God is not fair? Paul says, no, of course not. By no means, right? Let God be true, though everyone were a liar. And so God's uh, word is, is, is going to be vindicated. God rejects the supposed obligation to explain himself. God's sovereign rights are honored. And his character is vindicated, is what a uh, friend tells us here. Right. The dialogue on this problem of evil resumes in earnest in Romans 9. The question of verse 14, is there injustice on God's part in hating Esau before his birth and, and loving Jacob? Uh, uh, it receives Paul's usual answer, by no means. But why must we say that God is just in concern in, in this connection? Because God has mercy on whom he will have mercy, and he will uh, uh, bestow a curse on those who he curses. So, in other words, God has the sovereign right to do what he wishes, and no further explanation is, is necessary. In fact, I think uh, Paul even goes a little bit further in giving an explanation, uh, uh, at least in, in part, by saying, listen, if God wants to show his mercy, then he needs to create vessels for mercy, and then there are vessels for destruction. Now, we're not talking about equal ultimacy here uh, because uh, it doesn't uh, require God to send people to hell. People send themselves to hell based on, on, on uh, not meeting God's standard. But he's able to raise up uh, even vessels for destruction to show his judgment. I think yeah. I think that's clear in 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 the text there, uh, uh, especially if, uh, taking the perspective that uh, that frame's going to take here. Right, from, uh, and this is just notice this this is the same answer that <clears throat> it, at least the implication here is the same answer that we see in the master with regard to giving out you know the day's wages. Look, he's he's done what he we said he was going to do. He's fulfilled his word. He's given you what you you're supposed to have, and he's given these people what uh, they are supposed to have. And so God has mercy on whom he has mercy. He has had mercy on these people. He's been gracious to these people and giving them the whole day's wages, even though they've only worked 
uh, an hour. What right. is that to you? It's his stuff, right? right? Right. It's 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 being angry at at your boss for for uh, giving the homeless person five dollars when he gave you you know twenty five, uh, but right. you had to you had to put in eight days or eight hours uh, for for that day. Well, yeah, that that's his money. He's he. Uh, the, we're talking about property rights here, and God owns it all. <laughs> well, here, in other words, God has the sovereign right to do what He wishes, and no further explanation is necessary. Anyone who continues to accuse God as in uh, verse 19, is himself subject to the accusation that he is talking back to God, like a clay pot that questions the purpose of the potter who made it. Listen, what, 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 you know, why, why, am I, why am I this shape? Why do I have a, a handle and a spout on this way? And then we can, we can uh, uh, go into the, the nursery rhyme at, at that point. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not us uh, who formed ourselves. We were formed by God for the purposes of these things. And so, well, I would like to know what those things are. Well, guess what? The, the, the God doesn't offer, the, the potter does not uh, uh, need to offer the, the pot uh, any discussion aspect on what he uses it for. <laughs> and, you know, Paul does get into a little bit of a graphic description uh, there, but uh, Paul does not shy away at times from graphic descriptions. <laughs> right, exactly. And so what do we see here? Well, Frank tells us that Romans confirms, therefore, uh, what we've seen elsewhere in Scripture. One, we have no right to complain against God, and when we do, we expose ourselves as disobedient, right? Two, God is under no obligation to give us an intellectually satisfying answer to the problem of evil. He expects us to trust him in spite of that. Three, God's sovereignty is not to be questioned in connection with the problem of evil. It is rather to be underscored. Four, God's word, his truth is altogether reliable, and five, as a matter of fact, God is not unjust. He is holy, just, and good, and we need to um, repent from our injustice and our unjust acts and attitudes, right? right. And so, right. again, this is the biblical response with regard to the problem of evil. The Bible says God sets the standard. The Bible says that he gives the questions, right? And he answers how he wills because he is the creator and he does what he wants. Now, again, does that mean that, you know, uh, you know, God is kind of, you know, this uh, evil person that, uh, you know, crushes and that sort of thing? Well, no, but God can do whatever he wants. Again, he is God. Now, what we're going to see next, I think, and we'll probably save this till the next uh, show, right, right. is that uh, he's going to focus on this particular uh, historical perspective, especially with regard to the issue that he raised briefly earlier, how can God be just and the justifier of those who are saved? That's that's one of the things that we want. To, and again, that's kind of the problem of evil, but it's a different perspective on the problem. Right. Right. So, you know, at the beginning, we talked about frames, a little triangle. So we've, we've drawn maybe one of one half of the line for the triangle. So, so that, that, that's where we're at. And so uh, that's the roadmap that we're going to take uh, next time and try and complete the triangle uh, with uh, John Frame's uh, Apologetics, A Justification of Christian Belief. And again, uh, you can t check out all the short clips uh, if uh, you need to go back or if you really disagree with us, uh, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm there to, uh, for sometimes probably not for the next uh, couple of weeks when this comes out, uh, cause I'll be uh, less, uh, inclined to, to hop on, but I'll be back to scrum with you in the YouTube comments. Uh, but, uh, always, uh, appreciate everyone for checking us out either on YouTube, uh, rumble, uh, odyssey, or, uh, your favorite podcast catcher. So, uh, we appreciate you and, uh, sharing out the episodes and, uh, we'll, uh, see you next time. See you next time.